Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of The Need Poor. We are back from our two-week hiatus. This week, we're going to discuss wild turkey and Australian whiskey starboard. So sit back, grab your drinks, and relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. Live, baby. Hey, welcome back to the Neat Poor. Nick is here. Shalanda's here. What's going on, Shalanda? I mean, we took a couple of weeks off, but we're back. Yeah, man. It's been a long time, man. It's the Neat Poor podcast. It's the wild turkey episode. Mm. Okay. Is that okay? That's fine with me. <laughs> All right, cool. I think the reason it's the wild turkey episode, and to get started, we've got Kentucky Spirit, single barrel, and we've got uh, a barrel proof, uh, rare breed. The reason it's the Kentucky Spirit episode is because uh, we had a uh, our first uh, virtual tasting. We did with a starred starward whiskey out of uh, Australia. Yeah, that's right. And he mentioned uh, a couple of his influences were um, Johnny Walker, mm-hmm. which uh, Shalanda, if you've got a palate of it, Shalanda will knock it over with her ass. Why well, you gotta keep bringing up old shit on on her way to the register. Um, and then also oh Johnny Walker and and uh, and Wild Turkey. He he cited as two of his uh, as his influences for for the Starward project down in Australia. So it's a good time to visit some bottles we've had really since the beginning of the collection. So that's I think this is very apropos. Apropos, yeah. you learned a new word. Um, I'm gonna. You now you found a single barrel. You found a single barrel Kentucky Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's a Benny's pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rumor is that this is an eight-year single barrel version of Wild Turkey 101. Talk about the rumor. Yeah, that's the rumor. Ah, I didn't know. Yeah, so this is uh, it's about a hundred proof. Uh, it's actually a one-on-one proof. Yeah, uh, just like the other one, and. Uh, but I think that one's more like a blend of six six what, years. That was a blend, and this one is, uh, of course, it says on a bottle, it's a single barrel. Right. Um, so that would would that justify like the fifteen twenty dollar price hike? How much? I'm, that's a good question. How much was the uh, the Kentucky Spirit? Mm, at Benny's, I want to say it was like fifty nine and some change. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think my understanding is that. It's been out since the 90s, this Kentucky Spirit. And it used to come in this really cool bottle that kind of looked like uh, turkey wings it, um, in bloom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever you, bloomed turkey wings. Whatever you refer to, the turkey uh, feathers, you know, if the full peak, uh, peak, peacock. I keep wanting to say peacock, but yeah. It's a turkey. Yeah. It's a turkey. Blooming turkey. Uh, <laughs> blooming turkey. Blooming, oh, blooming turkey feathers. <sighs> yeah. And then rare breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four char, uh, 114 proof, um, $39. Ain't that some shit? Super easy to find. Yeah. And uh, and really good. Those wild turkey products, man, I think you always get a little bit of uh, well, you, you get... You get the standard cinnamon. I get a little funk. Like, I don't know. Like... Uh, well, which one are you talking about? Barrel funk on... Uh, that wild turkey funk. I'm talking about the Kentucky spirit. Mm. I mean, it fools you in a sense because uh, when I smell it, it's giving me that sweet caramel vibes. Yeah. Cinnamon spice. 
a little bit of orange, a little, some nice warming uh, rye spice heat. Uh, it's a it's a fun it's a fun offering. So um, many flavors going in the mouth right now. Do you remember our first trip to Kentucky back in 2016? Yeah, and, um, we only hit a handful of distilleries, and one of the ones we hit was this gigantic, really sprawling campus. You know, kind of a modern uh, mm-hmm. welcome center for uh, the Wild Turkey Crew. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's when you took the picture with uh, Jimmy. Jimmy Russell, the dad. Yeah. yeah, he was hanging out in a rocking chair, and we didn't understand the gravity of the moment. I'm glad I took a photo with him though. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they had. Um, all I pictured was, you know, they they said something about they invited their friends out and they drank this whiskey during, you know, wild turkeys. And all I pictured was, you know, <laughs> I just pictured some weird shit. What just, did you picture? It was something off the Family Guy where they uh they had this thing where they <laughs> they oh had a dude blindfolded and he was naked and they uh the play the the game was to run around and uh you know try to catch him. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I echelon of the part of this whole show does not know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> but he was covered in oil, so you, when you ran up on him you, and he was naked, you couldn't really grab him. I mean, have a step I just pictured that. <laughs> when I heard of the turkey game, I don't know why I pictured that. Oh, but anyway, um, you know, I think uh, it's an underrated brand in a sense that I had no appreciation for Wild Turkey 101 until, you know, visiting Light Lawn and Eagle and they talk about how they use it a lot. They're the top account in the city for Wild Turkey 101 uh-huh. and for uh, Buffalo Trace, you know, because one goes in there Manhattan and the other one goes in there old fashioned. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate it until I heard them say that. And then I actually, you know, took it for a spin, the 101 again. And I'm like, man, for, for 19 bucks or whatever it is, this might be the best $19 bottle there is, period. You know, just a lot of quality and um, just fucking delicious and always available. No, you definitely always find uh, well turkey. Have you had the Russells? Because I've had that one. Um, yeah, those are single barrels too. The Russies, um, Russies Reserve is six years. No, it's ten years. And then there's a rye. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't care for the Russies Reserve, but it was a single barrel, so it could have just been the one I had, you know. But it was a good chance to visit uh, the Wild Turkey, the Wild Turkey lineup, you know, because both of these bottles are, you know. There's only a quarter left in one, and this is the other ones. I mean, yeah, I hit these these hard as hell. Almost half gone, yeah. And um, yeah, let's talk about Starward, man. What'd you think about our uh, our Starward experience? So first of all, shout out to Delilah's here in Chicago. Um, It's an amazing whiskey bar, um, and they have these fun little tastings. Um, They've been doing it since (laughs) the pandemic last year, where you uh, pay whatever the cost was. I think this was like eighty five dollars, and you get five. Uh, two ounce tasters of whatever they're drinking. So it was five different um casts that we had. And over the Zoom call, you have the distillery owner. Yeah, this, eh. this guy's name was uh Dave. Fuck, I just had his name, Shalanda. Oh, Dave Vital. Yeah, Dave Vital. Um, but kind of breaks down the history of the distillery, what they were trying to do, and all that good stuff. Um. What piqued my interest is because, you know, we're always trying to try different whiskeys. You know, you can walk into any liquor store, bottle shop, and you see your staples like the Wild Turkeys and the Granddads and the Jack Dale and the Woodbury Reserves. But I had never had uh, an Australian whiskey before. So I told Nick, I said, hey, look, we need to try this. We need to see what they're talking about. 
And it was very interesting. Um, Out of the five, there were a couple that I really liked. And we were able to vote on our favorite one. So I guess they can do like a barrel pick. Yeah. I told Shalana, shut the hell up. This is silly. I don't want no parts of this Australian whiskey. I don't know anything about Australian whiskey. He always put down my damn idea, y'all. But. The knee port was your idea. I didn't turn that down. That's what has to give us more justification to drink. But he yeah, eventually came around because he realized once again that I was right. And it was World Whiskey Day. That you too. Know? And this was a visit to Starward. So how could I how could I how could I say no to that? You know. How do we sound, by the way? I sound amazing. Yeah. So uh these are single casks, uh single malt whiskey samples. And uh you would drink all five and then you'd pick one. For the group, whoever, you know, paid to be on the call, the group together would take a vote and select which one of these five would be the official's Delilah single barrel pick. So that was interesting. Uh, They call them New World Whiskeys and uh, all of them were aged for three years. They were all about 110 proof and uh, they were all matured in fresh Barroso Valley red wine barriques. So these are... um, they were all finished in, uh, they were all actually not finished. They were matured in wine cask, mm-hmm. all of them. So I think the, a couple of things kind of caught my eye from that, from that tasting. Um, one, you know, I didn't understand. I understand finishing in, in wine cask, you know, uh, Angel's Envy, you know, all the, some of the, some of the barrel stuff, you know, there's a ton of whiskeys that are finished in wine cask. Hell, even Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. you know, finished is finished in sherry cask. Mm-hmm. Um, but to actually mature in a wine cask was interesting to me, you know, um, just actually have it for, have it, you know. It had a very distinct. And wine cask was interesting. I enjoyed it. Um, I, for those who are not really into whiskey by having to wine, this would probably be a very good break breakthrough whiskey for them. That wine finish to me was a little sweet, but uh, that was, I think that was the very first one that we had. Which was, I can't remember the number off that bottle. Well, they were all, you know, they didn't have names. They all had just barrel numbers. Right. Yeah. So as the start, from the start to finish, so the first two had the notes of the wine barrel. And then once you got to like the last couple, it was the more traditional whiskey vibe. And I think that was pretty much what everybody kind of voted on was those last. No, was the third one and, and the last one. Let's see. Let me see if you got that right. Because, yeah, I stand corrected. The first three were uh, charred French oak barrels, and the last two were um, American oak barrels. So four and five were were uh, were finished in American oak barrels. Um, those are the last two, mm-hmm. but all five were matured in in French oak barrels. So, yeah, I thought um, you know we you know we 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 drank all five and. Uh, I never, never having, uh, never having had the product before, mm-hmm. you know, I picked up a lot of orange. I picked up a lot of cocktail notes, right? I'm like, this shit kind of tastes like a Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a very bizarre experience to me. But by the time we got to the third one, I was like, oh, okay. I think I get it now. And then right. when we went into four and five, like you're saying, some of those flavors were really familiar. So they're like, hey, you got to pick one. So then we did a lightning round, um, from back to front. So five to mm-hmm. one and immediately the ones that jumped out were number three, mm-hmm. which was this really cool hybrid of this mm-hmm. this uh, this Australian style with the traditional flavors. And then number five, which was just a straight up delicious kind of caramel forward, you know, like very syrupy, very awesome 
fucking American style of whiskey. Right. Right. So I think number five was really the best one there. Right. Um, but I think a lot of people in the chat, myself included, me and Shalanda split. Shalanda wanted like five. And I think five was the best option at all of them. Okay. Uh, but the group, I think overall, either picked three or five in them and then uh, three ended up winning. Right. A big part of that is because when you look on your shelf, like I'm sitting closer to the bar than Shalanda was, I'm looking at the bar, I'm having these, and I'm like, well, which one of these doesn't taste like anything on the bar, but is also still good? That would be number three. And I think that's how everyone kind of ch- uh, chose it. But having this group kind of crowdsourcing thing was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I tell you something, a couple of things, not to just ramble on, but that's really all we did this week <laughs> is the uh, is the Star Wars thing. Not to ramble on, but he said um, Australian whiskey as a style has over 100 different interpretations. Right. So I was kind of curious looking back on it. Well, how did you decide to just age yours in wine barrels? Because he said, you know, whiskey doesn't have the same rules that American whiskey has. It just kind of is very generic. Like, hey, it needs to be fermented and it needs to be in a barrel. Right. Or something like that. But he specifically chose wine barrels. So I wanted to know more about that. And then also he talked about Melbourne, Australia. Right. Mm-hmm. And how Melbourne is, um, you know, is its proximity to Antarctica, which is a desert, which I, I never heard anyone call it a desert. And then in this proximity to the uh, to the outback where they have all those fires. So you've got this really dry heat coming in from the north. You've got this really cold weather coming in from Antarctica. So you get all these winds. So they, he called those barrels the hardest working barrels in the world. You know, and uh, in, in Melbourne, you have like four different four different um, four different seasons in a day, I think he said. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just thought it was a really cool. Uh, introduction to the idea of Australian whiskey. And I, I really didn't know what to expect, but I was um, very excited that I was able to participate in this. And uh, Starward, I think if you go to uh, if you go to the stores, mm-hmm. Starward, what you see in the stores is a blend of the parts. So we basically got a chance to see a deconstructed version of their most popular style that you would find in stores in America. So that was interesting as well. So... I hope that wasn't too much of like a run on, but. Nah, you know, I've been drinking, so go ahead and I can stop out. I was just telling you how I felt. Um, From the heart. <laughs> no, but it was pretty fun. I was glad that we um we got a, a chance to participate in that. It puts you in perspective, different tastes. Like, they're, I really enjoy them all. Um, so the finish and the wine, the wine barrels for me were were quite interesting so i was digging that vibe i know for you kind of threw you off a little bit but hey you're a traditional type of guy yeah when we got to by the time we got to the fifth one i was i was back on board um which one of these the kentucky spirit and the rare breed what do you what do you think of these in front of us man um these are there definitely should be staples in, the, in any and everybody's bar. For one, they're easily accessible. But now, outside from that, the they both have different characteristics. Like for one, the t- Kentucky spirit to me is spicy as hell. But I like that. Yeah, it's got a little more spice than the rare breed. I don't know if it's got a little more spice, but something about the rare breed just has this really, really fun, rich, like apple cinnamon thing going. Is it? I'm a big fan of. Do they both have the? Are they both um, alligator char? 
I just yeah. want. I think that's kind of their standard chart yeah. is the alligator chart. Um, I enjoy the flavors on the rare breed just a little bit more than the Kentucky spirit. Um, it's because I'm really into the, the, the sweetness, the, the big dessert, uh, kind of charred caramels in the, in the rare breed. I'm a little bit into that more than I am in the Kentucky spirit. Well, well, I am a lady. Um, I do enjoy what well, the rare breed, but I'm going to say I have to go with the Kentucky spirit because I enjoy that spice. Okay. That, I mean, it has a very long finish and it's sexy and it's on and it's flavors is just, just bursting on my tongue from the front to the back. So that uh, Kentucky spirit is doing it for me. Yeah. Um, if you ever want to take part in one of those Delilah's uh, virtual tastings, we would suggest you you mm. get after it. I think uh, Delilah's dot com, you know, they haven't been open uh, for a year and a half. So this is their pivot. And I think if this one's any indication, right, this was one where I hadn't heard of the crew at all. But it was such a fun experience just to drink with other people and to, you know, pick our own cask that's going to be available, you know, for purchase. And but then more importantly, just like really just be part of kind of this, uh, you know, kind of this master's class on what's going on in another part of the world. That I didn't have on my radar at all, so I was I was blown away. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, we missed the Pappy one. They had the Pappy one like the week before. We didn't miss it. That shit was probably five hundred dollars each or something. <laughs> it was like three fifty. See, <laughs> so we no, we didn't miss anything. <laughs> we missed that one, not for three fifty. But no, this was pretty cool. I'm definitely going to keep track on the, of the calendar. This was just popping up. Yeah, so we couldn't find any um. Any Johnny Walker, because Shalonda knocked it all over at the store. It was one bottle, okay? Um, so, whatever. But we did have the Kentucky, um, we did have the Kentucky rare breed, Kentucky spirit and the rare breed from Wild Turkey. And it gave us a chance to dive into those two products. So, um, since it served as inspiration for for David Vital, it was perfect to, to share during the Starboard episode of the show. So, I said at the beginning that this is a wild turkey episode, but this is really the wild turkey and starward Australian whiskey episode. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, I don't know if I have anything else, Shalonda. No can you, whiskey can, news? Can you think of anything else? Nope. I think that's about it. We're wrapping it on up. Okay. Um, thank you for tuning into the neat pour. Uh, we'll, we'll keep these a, a, a little more regular than usual. Took a couple weeks off. You know, we should have left you with an, another pod. Um, and we're going to try out our new tagline here. So y'all let us know what y'all think. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, let's see. Uh, this is Nick and Shalanda signing off. And as we always say, uh, don't get a divorce. Just pour another drink. <laughs> Until next time. Oh, <laughs> this tagline, I've been cracking up about it all day long. Um, so you can catch us collectively at the Neepore and check out the website, Neepore.com. New episodes usually on Monday mornings, but hey, sometimes life happens. You can catch us individually, me at Afro Beer Chick on all the social medias. And Nick, they can catch you where? Hey, man, I'm on Twitter at Nicosio. All right, you guys. And until then, next week, peace out. Peace out.